You're listening to The Co Show, a father-daughter intergenerational conversation about the subjects that really matter. It's that time of the week again, folks. Time for The Co Show. 30 minutes of cross-generational chat between me, Daddy Co, and my co-host, the adorable daughter, Tony. How are you today, Tony? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. What's been going on in your life this week? Um, well, my campaign that I'm working on is going really well for um, Save Our Venues. We've raised 1.5 million. Um, and secured 140 venues out of 556. So that's really good. And I also did a live stream with my husband this week, and that was really nice. That was amazing. I, I really loved it. I always lovely, love to hear you singing anyway, but it was just great. And um, how do people get, can, can people, our listeners get to access that? Yep, it's um, well. It's still available at the moment on the Green Door Store Facebook page. Um, but so the we'll Green put... Door Store Facebook page. Yeah, and it'll also be available on YouTube. We've raised four hundred pounds already, which is really cool because it makes you know it obviously makes us feel like you know we've we've contributed to the campaign, which is awesome. I didn't think we'd be able to raise that much money. I thought maybe a couple of hundred quid, but four hundred quid is really cool, especially as we're not an active band or anything. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so that was nice. But I feel like with any performer, you get this like euphoric high when it's happening and then afterwards it's a bit of a crashing low. So I've been feeling a little bit blue afterwards. Well, you've got to do more of it. I'd love to hear more of your performing. And uh, Tom, your wonderful husband, is really good on the guitar. And he he did the percussion, uh, I think, as well. Yeah, guitar, bass, percussion. He also filmed and edited it all. He's very, very talented. It's very annoying. He's a clever guy. (laughs) So uh, we've been advancing our plans for getting out of London. Um, so uh, we've been looking at some more houses. We got some pretty depressing news on the value of our place in London because, um, you know, obviously the obviously the um, current crisis has uh, you know not the stuffing out of the housing market. So we're probably having to adjust what we're looking at. Um, also been looking at some narrow boats. So yesterday we went to see a, um, quite an old narrow boat, um, which, which was nice. Uh, but it was, a, it, it was also a bit of a sad day because um, one of the narrow boats that we were offered, the family was there, so we couldn't see it because they, they had just lost their father um, who had gone down, you know, who, who'd succumbed to the coronavirus. So that was, you know, that was a sad thing. Wow, yeah, that's really scary, isn't it? Yeah. So to our dear listeners, thank you for your support. Uh, do check out our previous five episodes. Our last week's episode was uh, slightly controversial. Will coronavirus bring the left and right closer together? And I'm surprised you're not beating me up this morning, Tony, about Dominic Cummings. Oh, well, you're not Dominic Cummings. I'd like to beat him up. <laughs> I think it's highly likely that he will be kicked out today. Thank God. <laughs> bloody time. <laughs> Random well, at the stake. <laughs> we're not going to do left-right today, okay? No, we're not. So, I'm sure, like, even from a left-right perspective, I'm sure you're not a Dominic Cummings fan. 
Uh, I don't know enough about him to be able to say whether I was or I wasn't. I mean, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's a bit irrelevant. He's a backroom boy, uh, although apparently he's rather clever at coming up with snappy slogans like let's get Brexit done and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, no, I don't really know nothing about him and I don't really have a position on what he did because I don't know enough about that either. But why don't we tell our listeners about what we've decided in terms of a bit of a change of tack? Well, we thought that we would talk about our uh, journey into veganism, our separate journeys into veganism. Yeah, well, we definitely want to do that. But I meant that what we have kind of decided to do is to, rather than decide necessarily in advance what the episode is about, we don't want to sort of stifle um, the ability of the conversation to go wherever it wants to go um, organically. So like, for instance, I, as you know, Tony, I write a daily journal. And when I sit down to do my daily journal, which is generally in the morning, well, it's always in the morning, I don't really know what I'm going to write about. It just sort of comes. I expect it's a bit like your songwriting. It just sort of comes. Mm. Um, and so I don't decide on a title until I've finished it. And when I've finished it, I then know what the sort of title should be and I, because I obviously now have the content um, on, the, on the page. And I, I just think that that is a good way of, uh, of developing the conversation. But we are going to start with a theme, right? And as you correctly say, we've decided that the theme is our, our respective journeys into veganism. But it could go anywhere, this conversation. Um, and I think we should let it, don't you? I agree. Yep. Fabby. Fabby Dabby. So um, I don't really, I don't really know a lot about how you became vegan, um, and I, I really, I've been excited to do this because I want. Although I think you mentioned to me that you've already told me, but you know what my memory is like at my great age, and that's the whole point. We're a generation apart, um, as I've said often. I'm at the I'm at the towards the end of the conveyor belt, and you're still very much near the beginning. So we do have very different perspectives on things. And I would like to hear how you became vegan. Okay, so I I think back in 2014, I had two friends that were vegan. Uh, one that I was very close to, a female friend of mine. Um, and so I was aware I was aware that it was a thing. But obviously, we were brought up to eat anything that was put in front of us, basically. I think we were quite a meat-eating family, carnivorous family. Um, and uh, actually, I think I was always aware that it didn't f quite sit right with me, that I was um, so fond of animals and yet eating them without even really considering what I was eating. Um, but, but really what made a profound difference to me was watching a documentary called blackfish which has nothing to do with veganism it's about it's a documentary about um an orca uh, that is um in captive and captivity basically in america and in, uh, in universal studios i think yeah by sea world um sea world yes correct yeah. it, was it sea world or was it the sea world it was definitely yeah. definitely see i'm pretty almost certain it was sea world because you you actually i remember you recommending it to me and it was very influential in, in my thinking that and the other thing cowspiracy was very yeah so that 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 for me came way later you know okay so what age when when you saw blackfish what age were you just so i can get a 
it was in 2014. So I think I was like 26 or seven, 26, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I okay. So mid 20s. Not very good at, yeah, I'm not very good at yeah. math, fortunately. But um, yeah, I watched, so I watched Blackfish and it just, I just, just broke down. It just really upset me. And I, I, I think I was mostly upset because I was ashamed of myself because we had gone to SeaWorld as a family and I'd been so uh, just like in awe of what was happening, that this huge whale was doing these tricks in front of us and splashed us. It was magical, like, like Disney is. Um, and I suddenly felt all this shame about the fact that I hadn't even considered that this huge, beautiful, like sentient creature was, um, sorry, I don't think sentient is the right word. This, this just, uh, you know, emotional creature had um, been kept in something that was effectively the size of a bathtub and that they were painting, you know, they were painting the, the sunburn marks off him with, you know, some kind of black paint. And they were, you know, the, the orca was actually attacking some of the um, uh, some of the trainers because it was so deeply unhappy and its dorsal fin was bent because it was depressed and just all of this awful stuff. It was just horrific. And it just made me really realize how exploitive we are of animals when it's so unnecessary. Like I probably wouldn't have such a problem with eating meat and fish and dairy products if, um, if there was no other option, if we were desperate to eat and that's all that we had you know, but, but because of, of where we are now in civilization and how um, many options there are, how many healthy options there are, I just don't understand the need to so cruelly kill or farm and kill animals in order to survive. By the um, way, I think that your um, word for the orca uh, sentient was exactly the right word. Uh, oh. It means the ability, well, my understanding of sentient is that it's the ability to feel pain and pleasure yeah sometimes words come out and i'm not 100 percent that i've said the right word so i just yeah. well it was 100 percent right 100 percent spot on so i think um so i think that's really what hit home and i was just like wow i just it just really um made me feel shame and guilt and i thought wow i can't continue to live like this um and i still completely um get that it's not an easy transition to make it wasn't easy for me I actually went vegetarian first and I think I went vegetarian on the 1st of January um in the year that it was like six years ago and the first month I felt really sick I felt really like low energy unwell um because I because I guess I'd been I was used to the diet that I was eating um and I'd just stripped out all of the meat um and uh, it took a long time. I think it took a good couple months for my body to adjust. Um, but the biggest transformation that I noticed was when I cut out dairy because um, it. I stopped having uh, really bad stomach pains and I stopped having toilet issues and stuff like that. Well, we, I think in our family, we we tend to have issues with our um, bowels and stuff like that. And I think it's largely down to dairy. Um, so I noticed a really positive change in my health when I cut out dairy and I think also the more that I the longer I was vegan the more compassionate I became to other people and to animals in general so you so you were really driven by the moral considerations that was that was the first thing that pushed you that way it was the only thing that pushed me that it was way the only yeah. thing that pushed, pushed yeah, you it that wasn't way. for me it wasn't the health was a, ben a benefit 
because I know it's different for you, but the health was a benefit, a bonus to me, but it was all, yeah, the moral standpoint. So so what, what do you understand the word vegan to mean? Um, well, I mean, I don't actually like the, the label vegan, but vegan to me is someone that doesn't, uh, use, consume any kind of animal product. They, vegans don't use animals as a commodity for anything. So does that mean then that you, you would avoid buying leather things, etc.? Leather um, I didn't, so I didn't get rid of any leather items, but I stopped buying new leather items. Um, because also for me, it comes hand in hand with not being wasteful. So I wouldn't just throw away and then replace with something plastic, which is just as bad in my opinion. Well, it's bad in a different way environmentally. Um, but, um, yeah, so uh, all of our cleaning products in our house are vegan. All of our, all of my makeup, all of my skincare products is all vegan. Um, so not tested on animals yeah, not testing animals, but lots of things like ch- trainers use um, a lot of the time. Trainers have glue in them that's got like horse hair in it or something like that. You know, it's it's in wine, like fish guts are in wine and stuff like that. And you know, you have it, it's a really big learning process. You have to kind of reevaluate whether it's worth keeping some of the things that you have until they're you know completely worn out and then replacing them with more ethical products or whether you just, I mean, I, I did have a really expensive All Saints leather jacket that I just couldn't bear to wear anymore. It, it, I just, I, it suddenly became, it dawned on me that I was wearing another animal's skin and I was just like, oh, this doesn't sit very well with me anymore. And instead of selling, because I didn't want to make any money off it, I just gave it to a friend and I was just like, I can't wear this anymore. If you're comfortable wearing wet leather, I'd much rather give it to someone that's going to, love it but I don't want any money from it and I don't want to wear it anymore um so I think it's about kind of like doing what you can within your means so when you when you turned vegan were you already with your now husband Tom yes yeah and um was he influential in in your decision no he wasn't actually he wasn't on board originally um I didn't know that yeah, he, so he was working for he was working part time for Nando's. He was, you know, he was in a band at the time that were doing pretty well, and um, and so he he basically just did enough of working at Nando's to kind of sustain the band, and um, and that was his main thing. Um, he wasn't even really doing much photography or video videography back then, and um, he used to get free food from Nando's. Like I remember he used to bring me, it's really quite cute actually, but he used to bring me home those kind of like egg custard things that they used to do, which I really mm-hmm. liked. Um, um, but he used to get free meals from them and he used to eat uh, chicken and stuff like that. And I remember saying to him, oh, I'd really like to go vegan. I was, I was vegetarian. I, I turned vegetarian on the 1st of January and then Tom and I started dating each other around about May. Um, and so he met me as a vegetarian, even though I hadn't been a vegetarian for for very long. Um, and I said to him that I wanted to, um, I wanted us to both try and be vegan. And he was just like, yeah, I'm open to the idea. And then he came back to me and he was like, no, you know, I get, I get free food from Nando's and actually I'm quite happy with my diet. He was in like probably the best physical shape that he he'd ever been in, in his life. And he'd had like quite a strict exercise and food regime at the time when I met him. 
Um, and he was like, you know what, I'm kind of happy with where I am with food and exercise and stuff. And then I was like, oh no, I really wanted to do this together. And I was kind of a bit upset about it. Not like angry or anything, but just like a bit bummed out. And he was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And he is the most militant vegan that I've ever met now. He is like so, like so. He's militant. like a reform smoker. Well, I mean, like he wouldn't be rude to anyone or, or he, you know, he doesn't yeah. like push his judgment on anyone or anything like that or his opinion but he he would not eat anything with like you know if, if something accidentally had honey in it or something accidentally had some milk in it he wouldn't eat it um and uh yeah he's just like very very strict there there are no gray gray areas for him if something has an animal product in it he won't eat it whereas i am a little bit different um, I feel like if I'm given something that is accidentally not vegan, as long as it's not got any actual meat products in it, like a, an animal, you know, like gelatin or beef, just, just anything like that. If it's something that's just got a bit of dairy or honey in it and it's an accident, uh, then I'll eat it because I'd rather eat it than it be wasteful and end up in the bin. Um, How long have you been vegan? So I, so I think it's about six years now. Six years, okay. So, yeah. and how, when you made this decision, you obviously had a lot of friends. So how did, friends and family, so how did, how did your friends and family react? Well, um, a little bit annoyed at the beginning. I mean, um, I would say that rather, no, more than annoyed, a lot of people took the piss out of me. Um, I was one of them, I think. Yeah, you were actually. Um, I was a right a-hole, you can say it. Well, it wasn't just you. I think every, I mean, maybe I was a bit annoying about it. I don't know. I think that you go through these phases with veganism where you go through this like activist phase of it. So mm. first of all, there's like the shame and the guilt. And then you can move into this next stage where it's like, I'm an activist and I'm going to share all this vegan propaganda, all these pictures of anim you know, animals um, being farmed in the worst sort of like battery farming way possible. Um, and then, and I'm now in a kind of like very different phase of it where, you know, I just feel, you know, I'm, you know, I feel okay um, with certain things and, and not okay with others. I actually don't think that I fit under the label of vegan at all. I think I said this to you recently. I don't feel like I fit under the label of vegan because um, if in Brighton you can get biodynamic eggs, which is... Um, when someone has like, I guess, like a sanctuary of chickens, but they don't have a cockerel. So they lay eggs, but they never, they never become fertilized and they end up just being a waste product. I would be okay eating those eggs. Um, or if uh, someone, you know, like um, my younger sister, Mindy, um, kept bees for a while um, and she used to have a little bit of extra honey. Like I, I think that those are areas that I feel a little bit more comfortable with. Um, so I perhaps don't belong in the vegan category, but I think it's more, um, I don't know. Sorry. I've got kind of got, I've kind of lost myself anyway, back to what people said in the beginning. So people, yeah. people were mostly taking the piss out of me mm -hmm. or they found me annoying. Like people would invite us around for dinner and we'd be like, Oh, we're vegan. Do you want us to bring anything? Or, you know, I remember going to mum's house in the beginning and her feeling like, Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I should really should have turned this off. Podcast 101. Yeah, that is... I'm silent. That awful. is bad. That was my sister, <laughs> Helen, so I'll need to call her back. Sorry, you, you were saying... 
um you know I, I would go to mums and she'd be like oh I'm not sure what to cook and you know we we would try and always offer to be as accommodating as possible and bring food with us and I, I actually remember us going to one of Tom's friends wedding when the, right in the beginning and oh god go away Helen <laughs> it's gonna already bad when she finds out <laughs> I hope it's nothing really serious anyway yeah go on uh, yeah I remember um uh, we were vegan and we had to bring our own food with us to the wedding, which was really weird because they were a bit annoyed that we were vegan, which right. I, guess would, I guess it would be annoying. I think it's the people I don't really, cause I didn't really understand veganism. I thought they were just sort of very thin, frail people with pointy ears. You know, I just didn't, it just seemed so extreme and weird to me. It does seem extreme. I, I get that now. I get that it seems like a radical idea, but actually when you do research and you look into it, it makes absolute sense. You know, when you think that agriculture is one of the main causes of climate change and, you know, it's, it's affecting the planet in such a detrimental way. Even if you look at the water footprint of, of keeping cattle and, and, and stuff like that, you know, it's. Well, that's where that film that you recommended me to cowspiracy was very influential for me, but I'm, so I, I turned vegan at age 61, which I think is probably quite rare. I mean, I think that most, there is a, obviously a huge trend towards veganism now, but I think it's mainly young people, isn't it, don't you think? Mm, I think it's mostly left-winged people, personally. Well, then I certainly don't fit the mold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I did it for, for health reasons because I, I had been pescatarian for... I think three years and um, I went, I'd, you know, I'd never had any problem, um, any kind of cholesterol problem or that sort of problem. And I, but I went for a, a checkup to my doctor and my doctor said, uh, I had my bloods done, which I think is the most important thing that you should have done with any health check. And when, when my doctor was telling me the results, he said, Hmm, I've not seen anything like this with you before, but your cholesterol is actually, it's not, you know, it's not seriously bad, but it's, um, I've never seen it even elevated before. So what are you doing differently? And we, we concluded that, I mean, I was eating a lot of egg and cheese. I did used to love egg and cheese and stuff. And I used to eat quite a lot of that. Um, but the main difference um, was that I had been eating a lot of shellfish and, oh shellfish is high in cholesterol i found out so um uh, what i did know and the other thing that was a, pr a problem is that my blood pressure was on the high side which of course is something that you need to avoid i mean all our blood pressures tend to get higher as we get older because our arteries are beginning to fur up um and uh, you know that goes on over, over a long period of your lifetime, and then eventually, you know, the, that sends the blood pressure up, obviously. But um, uh, I, I, what I did, what I wanted, I knew I wanted to avoid was going on medication, because once you get on the medication thing, you know, you're you're, you're on it for life, and of course, these drugs have. Uh, other effects which uh, I think can be quite nasty mm. so I wanted to avoid that so I researched what to do and what kept coming up is don't eat animal products 
because it's animal products that cause the furring up of the arteries mainly. So gross. Can you stop saying that? Sorry about that. <laughs> so uh, it made sense to me. And I, and I watched, the, I suppose the most, the most influential thing that I watched was the Netflix documentary, What the Health, which I was, that really did, everything I heard there really made sense to me. It was hugely influential. Uh, and the other thing is I started listening, but was watching videos by these plant-based doctors. My favorite one is Dr. Michael Greger. And he, um, he does a uh, presentation called How Not to Die. Uh, and it can be found on, on YouTube very easily. And it's powerful. So uh, I, I decided, I, I don't tend to do things halfway. So I decided that I, I was going to try this. I was going to try being vegan. So uh, the, the big thing, you know, talking about how your friends and family react, the most important person to me for me to discuss this with initially was my wife, Kiki. So I came down in the morning, and or she came down after me, she always does, in the morning. And <laughs> I, I said, look, sit down, I need to talk to you about something. And, and I said, I, I've decided to uh, go vegan. Well, she'd already, she'd already complained loudly about the fact several years earlier that I said I was, I was now pescatarian. I mean, I never heard the end of that. Now I was telling her that I was going vegan and her reaction was, you've ruined my life. <laughs> and then Which wasn't a great start. <laughs> <laughs> but that was her reaction and I had I literally let let that have to I had to let that simmer in her mind for a little while before I revisited the subject with her and I you know I sat down with her I think it was probably the next day it might have been the evening and I said look you know what you think is really really important to me but I really want to explain to you my thought processes and why I've decided this. And, you know, to her great credit, I mean, she, she really got on board. She didn't turn vegan or anything like it, but she, um, and you know, she did Correct. complain. Yeah. And she did all the, she did. Oh my God. She was so absolutely, you know, you need, you need someone, you, you really need your partner, I think, to be supportive. And, you know, and it was yeah. great what Tom did in, in your life. And, and, and she, you know, I really, really am grateful to her because I don't think um, I don't think I would ever go back to eating animals um, and uh, you know you know there's a lot more that I could say about this because uh, I did you know I, did, I certainly have become much more interested in the in the moral side um, since you know making the decision from a health-based perspective um, and it may be that we will want to continue this discussion because I, I know we haven't got a lot of time left right now. Uh, but I, I am interested in sort of the way people react uh, because, you know, I, 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 we've got great friends and, you know, they take piss. Of course they do. Um, and, you know, I'm very relaxed about it. I don't, I don't feel any impetus to try and get other people to become vegan and you know that's not my mission um but it's interesting what i do notice that people who who used to take the piss um are cutting down heavily 
on their um, on their meat eating. Yeah. You know, that's a big trend, this sort of flexitarian, I think they call it, trend, uh, where you just eat more plant-based things, but you still, you know, you still continue to eat uh, meat. But uh, I mean, it's interesting the way that is changing. The other thing I find interesting is that, well, people say to me, well, that's very extreme. It must make your life very difficult, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the, the people that I find most difficult are the people who tell me, well, I'd, they, they, this is their reaction. I don't you ever get the same thing. Well, I don't care about the animals because I grew up on a farm. That, I find that is a quite a common pushback that people make. I mean, I don't argue with it because, you know. I don't really know anyone that's lived on a farm. I, I guess we're kind of lucky because uh, most of the people that we know now are vegan. And actually, I find that when I have a good friend who is sharing pictures of their meals with meat in on Instagram, I go, Oh my God, they eat meat. Like it's, 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 it's an anomaly now. Like it's, it's really odd if someone posts a picture where they're eating a steak or they've made a swordfish or steak or something like that. And I'm like, Oh wow. I had no idea that you eat meat. That's so weird. Yeah, it, because we because all of our friends are vegan, and in the very yeah. least, they're vegetarian. But actually, for me, I have I feel even more strongly about people eating fish uh, because of how polluted the ocean is. And for me, uh, you know, I look at fish and I think it looks just like flesh. It's so disgusting. And yeah, I, 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 I agree. It. And um, I agree with you. A lot of people that kind of are moving towards. They're moving towards vegetarianism or veganism. They start by being pescatarian, and I just don't. I just can't understand it. Like it, it for me, it's just it's exactly the same. Fish is just like eating meat. It's flat. It's gross. Tony, I'm going to wrap this up because although we've gone sort of more freestyle now, we do want to stick to our our uh, thirty minutes as as close as we can. So I'm just going to say thank you to our listeners and uh, let us know what you think about our um, change of slight slight change of style this week and if it works for you and if any if you've heard anything that you'd like us to talk more about, do let us know um, and do uh, do take a look at our website thecoshow.buzzsprout.com and thank you very much for listening. Bye from me and bye from me. <laughs> See you, Tony. Bye.